Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Keelan, and um, I'll be doing the Bible reading this morning. We'll be going through Acts 3, 1 through 10 in the NIV version. Uh, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame uh, from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. uh, Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with the wonder and amazement, or filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Well, good morning once again. My name is Eddie Bang, and I'm glad I can say that clearly now, right? And uh, I'm one of the pastors here at WDBC. Uh, It's an honor to bring God's word to you this morning. Uh, We've been preaching through a series of finding hope and healing through our pain. Uh, The past two weeks, we talked about painful decisions. We also talked about painful finances. I also have the daunting task today of helping us find hope and healing for painful bodies, and infirmities, something I, I feel totally out of my depth in sharing with you guys today. Uh, but who's excited for that? Hope and healing for our painful bodies? Yes, who here is in pain currently at the moment? There's something wrong, there's something hurting. That's probably the stupidest question that's ever been asked from this pulpit to a congregation that maybe has some 50 plus people, am I right? <laughs> right, so I apologize for that. But the thing is, I know, you know, I've been meeting with you guys in the past few weeks and in the past few months, and there are a lot of people who are in pain. Someone, some small group leader told me, you know, Eddie, do you know what our small groups are like every single week? And I'm like, no. They're like, well, the first hour we kind of study the word together, and it's awesome. And then the second hour, we just kind of share what hurts. You know, and that's the second hour of our small group Bible study. And I realize there are so many people in our congregation that are in pain. And so I guess to start out this message, what I just want to say is this. I am so sorry. I'm sorry for the pains that you are going through. I know that we're all going through different types of pain, whether it's physical, mental, in so many different ways. I kind of wish I didn't have to preach you know, and I, we could just share each other's pain together and pray for each other. Should we just do that? Should we just cancel the sermon? I've always wanted to just cancel the sermon that I had to preach. But I know today, you know, God offers hope through his word. And I know that it will help you today. So I, I will preach. But, you know, with that said, I, I do know that so many of us here are hurting and uh, I would love to meet with you and hear your story, hold your hand, and just pray with you. And if you'd like to do that, if I haven't met with you yet, please contact me, email me, call me. You know, any, myself or anyone on the pastoral team, we'd love to do that with you. So please do that. Hopefully after today's message, you'll be motivated to, that, to do that even more. Um, so let's get to the message. 
Uh, for today's message, I kind of just have like two outcomes that I hope that will happen. Number one, I hope that you will find hope and comfort for the pain that you're going through. Secondly, I hope that you'll be convinced and convicted to be the hope and comfort for so many others in our church that are going through pain as well. So those are the two big things. Let me map out for you what our sermon's gonna look like today. Um, the first is this. I kinda wanna cover some incorrect beliefs that I think Christians have about pain and God and infirmities that we go through. The second thing that I want to cover is maybe biblical principles about God and pain, overarching principles that I think that we need to remind ourselves of and that we need to practice. And then second, or thirdly, we're going to go over the Bible passage and basically what God thinks about our pain. That's what we're going to learn through that. And then lastly, we're going to go through some practical applications or practical suggestions, okay? So that is the game plan for today's message. In all honesty, I didn't realize that there's so much information, you know, to talk about pain, and there's just so much, you know, whether it's painful decisions, finances, or our bodies, there's so many things that we could talk about. I've tried to narrow it down, but if it's too much information, please forgive me, but I hope it's all hopeful to you, because at the end of the day, um, I think all we want as pastors is for you to understand who God is and the hope that he offers through even the painful circumstances we go through in life. There is hope. There is redemption behind all of it. And so that's the information going forward, okay? But before we begin, I also want to acknowledge that there are so many different types of pain that we do encounter. There are there's people who suffer from chronic pain all the time autoimmune diseases, mental health, I suffer from that a lot. Um, there's also terminal illnesses, disabilities, and there are so many more types of uh, infirmities that we all are challenged by. And the thing is, I am not an expert on any one of those. I am not an authority. I am not fit to address any of those directly, so I will not try to do so. Um, but if you permit me, uh, I know there's each one of those uh, Infirmities deserve their own address, but, and message possibly, and comfort. But for today's message, I would like to just kind of put all those in one category, and I am going to put that all under the word infirmities. The word infirmities, if you look it up in the dictionary, it simply means physical or mental weakness. Okay, so I'm just going to label it at that. That's like the nicest word that we could find. It's also in scripture. Anyway, uh, so that's what we're going to do. Secondly, uh, before I begin the message, I think, I, I think whenever we think about hearing a message on physical pain and God, I think the big questions, the huge questions always come to the forefront of our minds, don't it? You know, why did God do this to me? Why is God allowing these things to happen in my life? When's it going to end? When, when is he going to take these pains away? Is he ever going to take those pains away? And to be honest, I don't think that I or anybody else can answer those questions to anyone's true satisfaction. However, I do believe that those answers, the answers to those questions are found in the character of God and in his truths. And I hope today's message will help you take one step closer to finding that hope and healing in him. Cool? Are we, are we good? Okay. So I want to begin our message talking about incorrect beliefs that we have, I think, about infirmities. And believe it or not, this is the first one. Karma. Okay? You know, for something that is so wrong, 
And for something that is so unchristian, I have heard this spoken in churches so often in the past 30 years that I've been a Christian. And I think it kind of goes like this. Wow, this happened to me because of something bad that I did, right? I am suffering now because of something that I did years ago or last week or whatever it was, right? The universe is balancing the scales. You know, they're just making things right. Uh, but you have to realize that this type of thinking is absolutely wrong. It is not true. God does not operate by karma principles. Jesus is not a Buddhist, okay? What you need to understand is that God's justice took place at the cross. Okay? You know, all the sins that we deserve, all the punishment that we deserve for the sins that we do commit, they were placed upon Jesus upon the cross, and he paid the price fully for all of our sins, which means that we will never be punished by God for the sins that we commit. Do you guys get that? We will never be punished by sins by God for the sins that we commit because Jesus Christ took care of it all. But, Eddie, does that mean that there are no consequences for our sins? No. You cheat on your spouse, you're probably going to get divorced. You know? There are consequences for the mistakes that we make. But God will not punish you for the mistakes that you made because the sins that we committed were all taken care of by Jesus Christ. He already heaped those sins upon his son. Do you guys understand that? So please... Stop believing in karma. Amen? Cool. Number two, this is another incorrect belief that Christians have. You know, whenever we encounter difficult pains or chronic pains within our lives, a lot of times we think, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. He's abandoned me. Did you ever hear that? Did you ever, did you ever feel like that? It's, it's true. You know, chronic and continual pain makes us feel abandoned a lot, right? Especially if you're suffering there in your bed and you're going through this pain. It just makes you feel abandoned. And the reason why is because for some reason deep inside our hearts we believe that oh my goodness if god was really here if god still cared i wouldn't be in this kind of pain right now he would take this pain away right isn't that how how we think but there's something that you need to understand about god god allows pain to exist and to continue to exist within our lives and he does not always take it away. And just because we're in pain doesn't mean that he's not there or that he doesn't care. He does. He loves you over and over, over and over throughout scripture. It says that he loves us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I was talking, we were talking as pastors this past week in sermon in scripture and Warren Johnson shared something that I thought was deeply insightful. He shared about Psalm 23 and he says, Eddie, do you realize that in Psalm 23, there's that line that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what's the next line? Yeah. Why? Because he's with us. And what that means is that God already knows that we are going to go through the darkest of times, the darkest pain-filled times in our lives. Those things are ahead of us. But the good news is that he is with us all throughout those times, right? He is always with us and he loves us. Pain does not mean that he is not with us. He is. Thirdly, did you ever hear this one? If we just have enough faith, you can be healed. 
right? I've heard that so often in church. And you know what's sad about that? I've seen Christians leave the church because this didn't work. You know, I know Christians who had enough faith, but they didn't get healed, became so disappointed and left the church as a result, right? And the reason why is because the teaching is wrong, okay? And here's why it's wrong. The reason why this teaching is wrong is because everything is by grace. Everything is by grace, right? Everything is by grace. Even faith. Having faith, none of us as human beings can muster up enough faith to believe in Jesus Christ. God has to give that to us, right? Even being saved and having faith in Christ is a God thing. We can only be saved by grace. And it's only by grace that we can be healed, right? God's healing of us has nothing to do with the quality of your faith. Because healing is God's work. And it's God's choice, not ours. Right? But Eddie, but isn't faith important in praying? And the answer is, yes, of course it is. But the question you need to ask yourself when you pray for healing is, what are you actually putting your faith in? Right? Are, when you pray for healing, are you putting your faith in God himself and trusting him? Or are you putting your faith in the healing or in the prayer itself? Right? And here's the real question. Who are you trusting in when you pray in faith? Are you trusting in yourself, the way you pray, how you pray, the words that you say, the things that you declare? Or are you trusting in God himself? Right? We need to know that this is not true, right? Healing is a God thing, which leads me to some positive, maybe, principles, biblical principles about belief, uh, or positive principles about God and pain. Um, there are a few that I want to share with you, and, and I want to warn you, I want, there's about five or six that I'm going to share with you here. Some of these principles about God and pain that I'm going to share with you are not pleasant, they are very hard to swallow, especially if you're going through pain in your life now, okay? And so, but until, it's only when we come face to face with these truths can true joy and transformation happen in the midst of our pain. And that's the reason why I'm sharing them with you today, okay? Even though they're hard to swallow, some of them. Here's the first one. All things exist for the glory of God, even our infirmities. Okay, all things exist for the glory of God, even our infirmities. Here's Colossians 1.16. If you can read this, let's just read the last line of this verse. It says, all things have been created through him and for him. What is that saying? It's saying that the reason we exist is to give glory to God all the time. Whether we're in pain or not in pain, we exist to give glory to God all the time. But the thing is this, right? The last thing that comes to our minds when we're knee-deep in pain is what? Giving glory to God, right? Which is totally understandable. Um, but this is how we need to start thinking. If we know God is good, and if we know God loves us, and we know God cares for us, we know, and that's all proven in the cross, and if God hasn't taken away our pain now, and if God is allowing pain to exist in my life today, then we need to believe 
that he is working out his glory through our pain. That there is a greater purpose behind why I am in pain today, and it is his glory. Ephesians 1, 11, 12. Let's just read the, the highlighted sections. It says this, we were also chosen so in order that we might be the praise for his glory. Do you see that? We were chosen in order that we might be the praise for his glory. What does that mean? It means the purpose of our pain is his glory. That's huge, isn't it? It's tough to hear, I know. But how does that work, Eddie? How is, how is my pain, how is that going to point to his glory? Well, there's, there's many ways, but here's one. Here's one way that it does. God allows infirmities to stay with us so that we could be driven to God every day. And if we're driven to God every day and we meet with him every day, I'd say you have a really good chance of living for God that day, okay? Do you guys know a woman named Joni Erickson Tata? Ever hear of that woman? A lot of us do, she's very famous. She's a Christian lady uh, who's on the older side these days, but she, uh, when she was a teenager, she, I think she jumped into a lake and I think her head hit the ground and her neck snapped. She became a quadriplegic. And since then she struggled a lot, but she really became a great uh, champion for disabilities and Christians and, and helping all of us understand exactly what God is doing through disabilities. Anyway, she wrote this. She said, rather than try to frantically escape the pain, I relearned the timeless lesson of allowing my suffering to push me deeper into the arms of Jesus. Here we go. I like to think of my pain as a sheepdog that keeps snapping at my heels to drive me down the road to Calvary where otherwise I would not be naturally inclined to go. As brutal as this may sound, God allows infirmities to stay within our lives. Infirmities can be a means of grace because it drives us to Jesus. And just like she says, a lot of times that's not where we naturally want to go. And I know we should, we're, I'm, I'm, supposed to say, I'm supposed to say something different on the pulpit, but it's true. As humans, even though we're Christians, we know we, even though we know how awesome Jesus is, it's not like you wake up and you naturally want to go and meet with God and hang out with God. Unfortunately, that's not true for a lot of us. It's not true for me every day. We don't want to go to God. We don't want to hang out with God. We don't want to depend on God for the things within our lives. But the blessings of infirmities is that a lot of times it drives you to God because you have nowhere else to go. And it keeps us dependent upon him, which is such a blessing. The goal is his glory. He becomes greater as we do that. That's a tough thing, I know. Number two, sin marred God's perfection. You know, because of sin, infirmities didn't exist, right? Things that didn't exist before exist now. Things like diseases, things like afflictions, right? Those things came into being. And, and there's a lot of things I can share about this, but one thing I discovered is when people get really, really sick or when people get really, are, are in pain chronically for such a long time, a lot of times what we're tempted to do is we're tempted to pin the blame on God for our afflictions, right? We read that so often in scripture, which is also awesome, right? So many people blame God for a lot of stuff, right? We'll talk about that a little bit later too. Um, but one thing you need to realize is God didn't bring disease and afflictions into the world. Who did? We did. Yeah, 
sin. Because of sin, those things became introduced into the world. And so, you know, the thing is, a lot of, a lot of Christians love blaming God. What's wonderful about God is that he can take it, right? But what he'd rather have you do is he'd rather have you come to him, hang out with him, surrender to him, and allow him to see, allow him to let you see what your life looks like through his eyes. That's what he wants. Pain has this funny way of giving us tunnel vision, doesn't it? You know, when we're going through pain, all we think about or see is the pain, which is totally understandable. But as believers, I believe it's essential for us to go to God each day and to get his perspective towards our pain. Because when we are found in his presence, he has this awesome ability to be able to show us the forest for the trees. And we're then invited to see and understand the grace that he is working all around us, even though we're caught up in the pain. Do you guys see it? Do you guys understand? Um, you guys doing okay? Are you enjoying the message so far? You're not gonna fire me? But all I'm trying to say through this is brokenness makes sense now, right? Whether it's physical or mental brokenness, it makes sense in light of the fall. It just sucks when we're going through it ourselves, right? Number three, God allows pain, okay? Uh, just as I mentioned before, God allows it. Exodus 4.11, here's a tough verse. If you've never read this one, this is a tough one. Verse 4.11 says this, Exodus, and he's talking to Moses here when Moses is like all hesitant to go talk to the... Egyptians. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Here we go. Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? What is this verse saying? It's verse verse is saying that sometimes God gives us or chooses to give us infirmities. Right? Does that go against some of your theology? It's something that we need to, it's confronting, but it's true. Are you saying God makes us like that? Oh, that's what the verse says. But those things were already broken. God is using that to drive people to him. Okay? Uh, but here we go. So, oh, so the question, <laughs> the second question that people ask is, are you saying that every single disease in this world is given by God and created by God? And the answer is no. Once again, we said that sin marred creation. Therefore, things like cells, our bodies have been broken and corrupted. But the thing is this, if the goal, just like we said in the first point, is God's glory in and through our lives, sometimes infirmities can be the pathway to achieving that, right? Um, we're gonna see that through our story in Acts 3, how beautiful that can be, right? And I'm, and I'm trying to use that word so that it'll change the way you think about infirmities. But there is a, God uses, we'll see in Acts chapter three. But this is, this is, is that always a strategy to bring pain into our lives so that we might be for his glory? No, that isn't. But the thing that needs to shift within our minds right now as we think about pain is our, a lot of Christians have this belief that all infirmity is evil. But that is not true. It might be to us, but it's not to God. 
okay? All infirmity is not evil. God will use infirmity for his glory and for our good, which leads me to the next point. God is always good, always, right? This will be affirmed in the, in the Bible passage next, but everything he gives us is good, even pain. Tough. You can fire me now. Okay, everything he gives us is good. He loves us, he's working in, uh, he loves us, he cares for us, he is with us, he is working in us every single day to perfect our faith. But the thing is, sometimes there is no greater teacher than pain. Infirmities purify our faith. Rough, but true. But the promise is that God will never ever let us go through something that we cannot handle if we're holding his hand. Okay? Um, number five. We will have perfect bodies one day in heaven. We will be made perfect one day in heaven. Amen? Who here is looking forward to their perfect body in heaven? Yes, yes. We all. I was talking to a lady this week, a beautiful lady this week, and she said, Eddie, I can't wait till I get to heaven. I said, why? She said, because when I get to heaven, I'm going to have long, slender legs. <laughs> I was like... Uh, I guess that's what women think, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so anyway, where am, I, where am I? But can I be honest with you? It's not like I'm very proud of this particular body that you see on stage. I'm not. I'm excited to get to heaven and to get a better body. But the thing is, and I don't know if you're like me, but like a point like this is so like awesome biblically and as a Christian. But the reality is, oh my God, how many years do I have to endure it until I get there? I'm not good with looking forward to something that's far, far away. Are you? Right? And the thing is, I think God knew that about all of us. And so, this is how we need to think. As great as this point is, and I don't mean to like cut my own legs out of me, but as good as this point is, what we need to realize is that whether we have infirmities or not, we need to realize that God has given us this body now. God has given you your life now, and we are called to use it, broken or not, we, in pain or not, we are called to use it for his glory. And the thing is, if he is good, and he's working within our lives, then it's possible that the infirmities is, might, might be the actual tool he wants to use to make him great. We need to use our lives now, our bodies now, while we're still alive. This lost world needs you. This church needs you. God in the kingdom wants you. And can I make just one comment before I move on? You know, scripture actually says that we cannot be a true body unless every part of the body is actually contributing to it. You guys know this? You guys know this? this right? We all heard something like that. What that means is that we as a church can never function as a true church unless you're participating as an active member of this church, even if your participation is from your bedridden self. That's okay. I can say so much more, but I won't. But here's the bottom line. Until the rest of the church is burdened with your pain, we can never become a true church, right? Unless the rest of the church is burdened with your pain, we'll never be a true church because real churches carry each other's burdens, amen? 
One day we'll be perfect. But until then, let's actively live for the glory of God. Lastly, our greatest need is in Christ. I didn't put that up there because that's the theme of uh, Acts chapter 3. Um, it, this is our Bible passage today. I'm not going to spend that much time on this, but it does teach us three amazing points that not only teach us three amazing points, but synthesizes all of the previous five or six points that I just shared with you just now. And so here are the three points that Acts 3 teaches us from this story. Number one, pain always goes a lot deeper than we think. Okay? Pain always goes a lot deeper than we think. You know, this man, the text says, was lame from birth. Right? So can you imagine... I don't know how old he is here, but can you imagine what his life must have looked like on a daily basis? You know, every day he needed help from others to walk, to go to the toilet, to even beg, right? No, if nobody helps him, this guy dies. Can you imagine asking, having to ask people for help every single day of your life? What does that feel like? How does it feel like knowing that you have to be a burden to other people? in order to survive. How does depending upon others for most of your daily functions make you feel as a person? Shameful, embarrassed, worthless? Yes, I think all of those things, right? And then can you imagine all the comments that he must have heard his whole life? All the ones that were directed straight at him, but even those other comments that he heard under people's breaths, you know, that were whispered under people's breaths. Yes, he had a physical disability, but man, it couldn't have been healthy up here either, eh? It's true, this guy had a physical disability, but he was most likely mentally beaten up as well. So, uh, you know, I don't mean to say it like this, but there might be a lot of people here or watching online that might identify to some of the things that this guy's going through, right? Um, for those suffering from infirmities, the pain goes a lot deeper than the outward physical symptoms, don't they? Matthew Kim says in his book that dealing with these kinds of infirmities daily wearies the soul. And that's so true. Right? It wearies our souls. But the thing is, here's the good news. God knows, which leads me to the second point. Our greatest need is Christ. You see, this lame man, he was disabled for so long that even he became convinced that all he needed was another dollar. I just need a dollar to live that day. That's all he was looking for. He wasn't looking for Christ. He wasn't looking for salvation. He wasn't even looking for healing in any single way. But God knew his real need, and that's why God creates this divine appointment to happen on this day. The moment John and Peter meet this man, what does Peter say? He like yells at him. He says, look at us, right? And, that's, and, and believe it or not, that's actually so powerful and so beautiful. And the reason why it is, is because most normal people don't like looking straight at a beggar, do we, right? I don't. If I see a beggar, my first reaction is to turn away. You know, and I'm sure he's experienced that a lot. But yet he yells at him to look at us. And why does he do that? Simple. By commanding this man to look at them, Peter wanted this man to know that he is seen and valued by the God of the universe. Right? And the thing is this. This man had no idea what was going on. Peter knew what he was trying to do. But this man had no idea. So all of a sudden he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to get some more money. But to clarify, Peter says this. He says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, 
which is far greater, I'm going to give to you today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And in that instant, this man was healed. And the thing is, the story could have ended there, right? He could have run, he could have jumped, and then he could have what? Run home. Right? And we may not have ever read this story. But he doesn't. Because we'll miss the best part. You thought the best part was the healing. It's not the best part. The best part comes when he says he jumped. And then he, what did he do? He ran inside the temple to praise the Lord. Verse 11 even says that he went into that temple holding on to Peter and John to do what? To praise the Lord. What does that tell us? It tells us that this man, the moment that he was healed, realized that as prominent as his physical disabilities may have been, it was nothing compared to his spiritual disability. He realized at that moment, the moment that he was healed, God revealed to him that the healing of his physical pain awakened this man to realize his true spiritual poverty. He knew he needed Jesus Christ and he found him that day. When something is broken, when something's not working properly within our bodies, do you know what we call that? We call that a physical disability, right? When something's broken or when something's not working properly, we call that a physical disability. What we all need to realize is this. When we don't love Jesus, and when we aren't serving Jesus wholeheartedly, something is spiritually broken. What does that mean? It means there might be a lot of Christians who are going to church with some spiritual disability still, right? We talked about that in the past few weeks. Why are we still searching for more in this life to satisfy us? If I just find a spouse, if I just have a child, right? If I just get a better career, if I could just get one more pair of shoes, if I could get, if I could get healed, why is there always, why does there have to be something more? When the truth is that if we have Christ, we have everything, don't we? So the question that we need to ask ourselves is this, is Christ really enough? And, and if he isn't, then maybe just like this man, spiritual healing needs to occur within our lives today. Point three, God is always good, especially in our infirmity. Just like we mentioned before, God does not only permit suffering and pain, but even at times he ordains it. But here's the bottom line. God can do whatever God wants. He's God. He can do whatever he wishes. But the thing is this, and this is the good news. God always does it for our good. Okay, even in our infirmities, he gives those things to us for our good. And to prove it, I want you to think about this particular story in Acts chapter three. Let me ask you a question. If this man wasn't lame or blind, do you think he would have been saved? Ah, we don't know. Right, maybe, maybe not. But here we go. Do you think if he wasn't lame or blind, his story, would his story have made it into scripture? I'm going to say probably not. You know, there are a lot of normal Joes in Jerusalem, right, that never made it into scripture. But here we go. I want you to think about this. Do you realize that God is using his pain 
to bring all of us today closer to God. 2,000 years later? Isn't that amazing? That he would use this beggar's lameness to bring us today in 2023 closer to God. That's absolutely amazing, right? God is, what does that tell us? What does that teach us? It teaches us that God is always at work, even in our pain. God is always at work redeeming us and redeeming our lives for his glory. Many times we just can't see it. And you know what this story proves to us? This story proves to us and teaches us that his true purposes for our lives and for our pain may not even happen in our lifetime. But we need to trust that he's good. We need to trust that he's working and we need to trust that he is writing a story that will accomplish a greater glory for himself in and through us now. The real choice then is that needs to be made on a daily basis is this. Am I going to stay focused upon my infirmity today and stay buried in my doubt? Or am I going to fixate my gaze upon Christ and courageously trust him through my pain? Tough. God is good all the time. In your life, all the time. God is always at work in your life, for your good, all the time. Amen? So let's trust him. I want to end my message with some practical applications. For those who are suffering now, um, here's my first one. Pray. Pray and talk to God. Depend upon God. Lead upon God. Just like Joni Erickson Tata says, lean upon God. It is up to him to heal us. He will sometimes. Maybe he won't at other times. But it is only in him, when we are with him, can we truly find rest for our souls. And the goal behind prayer, and when I say pray, I don't mean just pray and just try to do some prayer thing. But the goal behind prayer is not just asking for like healing or asking for comfort. Those things we have to do. But the real goal of prayer when we go to God, is to ask for a heart that can be transformed into a heart of worship. That even in the midst of the most difficult, dark, pain-filled times, that I can see him and live out this life of worship for him. That's a tough prayer. It might be a tough journey getting there, but that's why we pray. But can I share something a little bit more encouraging, especially to those chronic sufferers in the room? Um, do you guys know that there is a whole section of Psalms called the, the Psalms of Lament? Do you guys know? Did you ever hear this? What's a Psalm of Lament? It's basically David just complaining about, <laughs> about every pain that's going on within his life, right? And, but did you know that over one-third of the Psalms are Psalms of Lament? There's 150. Most theologians say there's about 65. One-third of the Psalms are Psalms of Lament. That's a lot of complaining, right? Praise the Lord, <laughs> But there are three things that we can learn. I didn't make a slide, I should have made a slide for this one. But there are three things that we can learn from this that hopefully really, really encourage you. Number one, David was absolutely convinced that God wanted to hear his complaints and that God could actually take all of his complaining. 
He was convinced of it. Or else why would he have done it? And why is it in scripture? And that's something you need to understand. God can take all of our complaints and he actually wants to hear our complaints, right? Awesome. Number two, David was convinced that only God could give him the comfort for the pain that he was going through. And the thing is, a lot of times he actually received it in the Lord's presence, right? That's some of those Psalms are absolutely amazing. But can I tell you, as good as those first two are, the third one's the best. It's a huge promise. (laughs) The fact that there are so many of these lament Psalms, you know what it teaches us? It teaches us that David's pain never really went away. But it teaches us that we can always go back to God again and again and again. And that God actually wants us to come back to him again and again and again. How good is that? So pray. Continue praying. And continue finding your comfort in God alone. Number two, share your pain with others, right? So many of us suffer in secret for various reasons, but please don't do that. And the reason why I stated it before, we need you in order for us to be a true church. We cannot become a true church without you sharing your pain with us. And so if I can just say it more directly, please don't stifle my growth by staying silent. Okay? I need you to share your pain with me. I need to learn how to carry your burdens in order for me to grow as a Christian, in order for me to be the Christian that God always designed for me to be. And we can never be a true church unless we are found carrying each other's burdens. So please, don't stay silent. If I, if I share all of my stuff with everybody in the church, am I gonna get better? Are people actually gonna care for me? That's a different question. That's a different challenge. I hope so. We'll try to train people and, you know, help people to do that. But we need you to share, okay? As one part, as one body part suffers, we must all suffer with it if we are a true body. For everybody else, uh, for the rest of the church who may not be suffering deeply, um, I have a few suggestions for you. Number one, carry someone else's burden. Okay, just like I shared before, uh, please ask people how they're genuinely doing. I know a lot of us, we just want to come to church, do our church thing, and then go home, right? And I get it. I want to do that a lot too. But can I, make, can I just make one practical suggestion? Can you make it your goal when you come to church to really hear one person's story that day so you could carry their burdens that week? Can we do that? One person. That's it. Carry one person's burden. Number two, use words wisely or not at all, right? If you don't know what to say, please don't say anything, okay? You know, compassion and empathy don't have to be backed up with words. Sometimes untimely or untimely words actually make things worse, you know? I could share 10,000 examples of mistakes I've made, but please use words wisely. Number three, be present physically. Sometimes just being there, that is enough. Right? Sometimes it's great to hold someone's hand or to maybe give someone a hug. Right? Physical touch really can be empowering when people are going through pain. But ask first. Okay, safe churches, safe churches. Okay, ask, ask first. Okay, fourth, pray for them. And we need to pray because God can change bodies. God can change hearts. God can change 
lives. So bring people to God in prayer continually. He is their greatest hope. I just want to close by making some final statements, and then I'll end with a prayer, or I'll end with a verse. Um, We can never answer those questions, why did God do this to me, when will this end, in a satisfactory manner. But what we do know is that when we are found completely in Christ, he becomes all that we need. And we can be satisfied in his goodness and love. Number two, God is always working his goodwill into our lives, right? So that we might become mature. So that we might grow closer to him. So that we might become more like him. And so that we can live a life of worship. The one that we were always designed to live. That path, however, many times, is not what we imagine it to be, nor want it to be. But it is what is best for us. And the thing is this, that path can only be genuinely celebrated when we are holding his hand every day. So please do so. Lastly, don't let your infirmities stop you from growing in Christ and participating in the church. We need you, you need us, so let's grow together. I want to close with this one last verse. I think everyone should memorize this verse. I love it. Matthew 11, 28, 29 says this. Jesus says this to us. Come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. What a promise. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, grow. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And what? You will find rest for your souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are so good to us. We thank you for things like pain because it reminds us of the brokenness that truly still exists and the need for Christ in all areas, not only in our lives, but in the world. Father, I pray that you would comfort those in this room and those watching online who are going through difficult times and difficult pains. You know what's going on, not only within their bodies, but within their hearts and minds. Father, I pray that you would bring comfort and healing to them. And Father, we pray that you would heal them in such a way that they would want to live a life of worship to you. And God, for those who may not be suffering, Father, we pray that you would convict our hearts to truly carry people's burdens. What a privilege it is, God, to carry our brothers' and sisters' burdens. Help us to be a true church that loves and cares for each other with our actions and with our love. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.